with artists created and produced by Detlef Schlick, a visual artist and ritual designer, living and loving in West Cork, and best known for his essay about the cause and effect of shamanism, art and digital culture. Working in the field of performance, photography, painting, sound, installations, and film he will dive and discover with us and a weekly creative guest into the unknown and exciting deep ocean of the creative mind. This is Detlef Schlich, and today we dive into the deep and unknown exciting ocean of our creative mind. Welcome to Artitude 189, where we journey through the crossroads of art, technology, and philosophy. I'm your host, Detlef Schlich, and today we're diving into a fascinating exploration of our digital selves. From my childhood adventures in the arcades of Cologne to the philosophical musings of Byun Chulhang, we'll be navigating the transformation from Homo electronicus to Homo digitalis. We will be discussing the allure of electronic media the potential pitfalls of our digital lives and the importance of maintaining our individuality amidst the digital noise. We'll also be revisiting the iconic T-Rex album, Electric Warrior, and how it mirrors the societal shift from the traditional to the modern, from the physical to the electronic. So whether you're a digital native a tech enthusiast or just someone trying to figure out how to set up your new smartphone, this episode is for you. So sit back, tune in and join us on this digital journey and remember in the world of attitude, we're all about keeping the art in smart and the wit in twit. Let's get started. But before, like always, I would really again thank you everyone, all my listeners here on this planet. It is amazing how this little podcast comes to such a huge thing. I would like to thank people in Dallas, in America, in Texas, in Ireland, in England, in Germany, in Argentina, Concordia, Buenos Aires, wherever on this planet. I can't name them today. And I would like to say as well that people who are listening now the first time to this podcast please uh, yeah consider to um, join the Isle of West Cork artist group on Facebook uh, which I host where, because we have there a very engaging talk and discussions and you can bring on your own things in it as well invite friends um, or just listen to the podcasts or go to Instagram and follow there my account it's at Detschlich D-E-T-S-C-H-L-I-C-H at Detschlich where I post every day uh, news from the podcast news uh, ideas proposal ideas um, concept ideas images collages whatever you name it you know so so if you if you come in there and follow there you, you get engaged and and you're you can stay in contact with your comments with me as well. Or just join um, at Attitude or at I Love West Cork Artists on 
Instagram. So that is that are my accounts. My website is still not online. Uh, I have 25 gigabyte there and I can't upload it because my reception here is not so quick that, that I can upload it. There are my, my horse always throws me out and uh, these bloody hackers, they, they uh, I don't know. So my altitude page is still not online, but I'm going to do the podcast and at least this podcast is not hacked. So let's get started, I would say, with my story, because um, at the tender age of 10, I had a sense already of where Homo electronicus would end up. So thanks to certain observations I made, I didn't yet know how to categorize my feelings and observations, but I was aware that something significant was happening. Back then I received a small allowance which I saved up until I had enough to buy a vinyl record of my favorite rock band. This purchase wasn't just a transaction, it was a journey. And by a journey I mean the trip from my home to Saturn. Not the planet Saturn, it was the largest record store in Germany in the early 70s located in Cologne. I lived on 60straße. That's on the outskirts of Cologne Nippes, not far from the slaughterhouse and the Eros Center, the horror house, actually. It, I mean, it was a skyscraper that peeked out from the housing blocks. So uh, just to explain you how it was where I used to live at the periphery. I mean, my father, my father was working at the WDR and we, the WDR bought a house there and, and this house was for sure a cheap so so that that the co-workers of the wdr could work could live in this house and uh so so the cheapest houses there always were on the periphery that's the way why we used to live so close to the horror house yeah not because my father was a pimp <laughs> all right but that's another story the journey to my record store was always thrilling because i never knew exactly which record i would bring home Cologne is laid out in rings. I have to explain. The Hansa ring, where Saturn was located, is part of the systems of rings that encircle the city. And it took me by a walk of half an hour, I would say. These rings have a rich history dating back to the Middle Ages when they were city fortifications. So over time, they evolved into major city boulevards, with the Hansa ring become, becoming a hub for entertainment and shopping. So it started at the Hansa Ring and then Christophstraße, Friesenplatz, Rudolfplatz, up to uh, the Südstadt, Klotwigplatz, and, and further on. It was That was all the Ringe. It was. So at the tender age of 10, I was not your average child. While my peers were engrossed in the simple pleasures of childhood, I found myself sometimes drawn to the Belgian world of electronic entertainment. My fascination, however, was not merely superficial. Even at this young age, I was capable of deep introspection and philosophical thought, particularly about the implications of this new form of entertainment. So before I entered Saturn to sift through records, I usually stopped by one of the many game halls on the rings. I was fascinated by the electronic medium of video games. Um, I remember philosophizing even then about the implications if this form of entertainment could be brought into people's homes. I foresaw, I foresaw already a new form of dependency being, being created. 
I mean, as, as a precursor to what we know, what we now call Homo electronicus. You know, so the arcades on the rings of Cologne were sometimes my playground for a short moment, a place where I could immerse myself in the electronic medium of video games. I was captivated by the bright lights, the captivating sounds and the immersive worlds these games offered. Yet, even amidst the thrill of games like Space Invaders, Donkey Kong or Pac-Man, a sense of unease lingered in my young mind. I found myself pondering the implications of these games. I wondered, what if these games could be brought into our homes? What if they become as commonplace as television? For instance, I foresaw a future where video games would not just be a source of entertainment, but a form of dependency. So television was already prevalent, but it never really convinced me. I mean, it was summer boring. Okay, I watched a couple of series like Flipper, Mini Max, Maxwell Smart, and so on. Enterprise, sure, but not. It, it was not really my things too, so much. So my love for music was actually what saved me from spending all my allowance on arcade games like Space Invaders, Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. These games housed in large coin-operated machines, imagine. So where the precursors to the... They were actually the, the, the precursors to today's home video game consoles. Um, I knew exactly how much the record would cost, so I never spent more than necessarily at the arcade. This was a ritual for me, a test of my resistance to electronic temptations and a demonstration of my loyalty to music. I mean, I knew uh, it was always oh, 50 cents or, or one German mark, which I had to, to throw in, in into these this, uh, arcade machines you know, to play space and weathers or so on. And uh, I mean, even in the age of 10, actually I was happy that, that they didn't throw me out. But like I say, it was not very often. It was it was maybe once in a blue moon in a month or whatever, you know. So, so, so when I returned home, I was always overjoyed to have survived this three to four hour journey. I think I was actually nine because... It was 1971 as the record came out. So I was really, really happy uh, to have the record of my desires in my hands. And I remember the first album I acquired this way. It was T-Rex's Electric Warrior. So this album marked a shift for the band from folk to electronic music, a transition that mirrored the larger societal shift towards the electronic. This is In 1971, T-Rex released a record that would not only define their career, but also leave an indelible mark on the landscape of rock music. As I reflect on this album, I find myself drawn into a philosophical exploration of its significance in art history. Electric Warrior was a departure from T-Rex's earlier folk-oriented sound, marking a shift towards electric rock. 
This transition mirrored the societal shift towards the electronic, a phenomenon I had been observing as a young boy. The album, in a sense, was a manifestation of the Homo Electronicus, a term coined to describe the new human condition shaped by electronic media. The album's most famous track, Get It On, is a testament to the power of music to transcend the boundaries of the physical world. The song's infectious rhythm and catchy lyrics create an immersive experience, transporting the listener into a world of sound. This immersive quality of music, I believe, is what sets it apart from other forms of electronic media. While video games and television can create a sense of escapism, music has the power to connect us to our emotions, to our humanity. Yet, Electric Warrior is more than just a collection of songs. It is a work of art that reflects the zeitgeist of its time. The shift from folk to electric rock symbolizes the societal transition from the traditional to the modern, from the physical to the electronic. The album, in its own way, is a commentary on this transition, a reflection of the changing human condition. As I listen to Electric Warrior, I am reminded of my childhood musings about the rise of the Homo Electronicus. The album serves as a reminder of the power of music to resist the allure of electronic seductions. Despite the shift towards the electronic, T-Rex remained true to the essence of music, creating a record that resonates with the human spirit. In conclusion, Electric Warrior is not just an album, it is a philosophical exploration of the human condition in the age of electronic media. It is a testament to the power of music to connect us, to remind us of our humanity amidst the electronic noise. As we navigate the complexities of the modern world, let us remember the lessons of Electric Warrior, the power of music to resist, to connect, and to humanize. Now, let's delve deeper into the topic of Homo Electronicus versus Homo Digitalis as explored in my paper Shamanism, Art and Digital Culture. This paper presents an exploration of the evolution of human interaction with media and technology, drawing upon the theories of Bayang Chul Han and Marshall McLuhan. As we reflect on this journey from the past to the present, we can see how our relationship with technology has evolved and continues to shape our society and ourselves. As we move forward, it's important to remember our roots, our rituals, and the power of music to connect us in ways that technology alone cannot. First, let's delve deeper into the concept of Homo Electronicus from my personal perspective, based on my experiences in Cologne. The term Homo Electronicus, as used by Marshall McLuhan, refers to a stage in human evolution where individuals are deeply interconnected through electronic media. This concept was born in the age of radio and television, where mass communication began to shape our collective consciousness. In my childhood journey to Saturn, the largest record store in Germany located in Cologne, I was, in essence, a young Homo Electronicus. I was part of a mass culture shaped by shared experiences, whether it was the music I listened to or the video games I played at the arcade. The arcades and the rings of Cologne were a microcosm of the Homo Electronicus phenomenon. They were places where individuals came together, connected by the shared experience of playing video games. These games, like Space Invaders and Donkey Kong, were part of the electronic media that McLuhan believed would shape our collective identity. Yet, even as a young homo electronicus, I sensed the potential pitfalls of this new form of media. I saw how the immersive nature of video games could lead to a form of dependency. I foresaw a future where these games would not just be a source of entertainment, 
but a form of escapism, a retreat from the harsh realities of life, my ritual of saving my allowance to buy a record, of resisting the temptation to spend all my money at the arcade, was a testament to my awareness of these potential pitfalls. It was a demonstration of my ability to resist the allure of electronic seductions, a characteristic that set me apart from the typical homo electronicus. In conclusion, my experiences in Cologne offer a unique perspective on the concept of homo electronicus. They highlight the power of electronic media to connect us, but also the potential dangers of over-reliance on these forms of media. My story serves as a reminder of the importance of maintaining our individuality and critical thinking skills in the face of mass media and digital culture. At the end of this episode, I would like to dive with you into the fascinating world of Bayang Chal Han, a contemporary philosopher known for his critical investigations into digital culture and society. Han's work often revolves around the concept of digital positivism, a term he uses to describe the current digital age. He argues that in this era everything is made transparent and accessible, leading to an excess of positivity. This excess, according to Han, results in a society where negativity in the form of solitude, contemplation, and mystery is lost. One of Han's most intriguing concepts is the transition from what he calls the disciplinary society to the achievement society. In the disciplinary society, power is exerted externally through surveillance and discipline. However, in the achievement society, power is internalized. We become our own oppressors, constantly pushing ourselves to achieve more, to be more productive, to be always active. This, Han argues, leads to a burnout society where mental and emotional exhaustion are prevalent. Han also introduces the concept of homo digitalis, a term he uses to describe the inhabitants of the digital network. Unlike the homo electronicus, who participates in electronic media like radio or television, the homo digitalis is isolated, much like the hikikomori who sit alone in front of the display. The homo digitalis has their solidarity replaced by privatization, which continues until the dissolution of soul and spirit. Han's work is a critical examination of our digital culture. He invites us to reflect on the implications of our digital lives, to question the societal and individual costs of our constant connectivity. His philosophy serves as a reminder of the importance of contemplation, solitude, and mystery in our lives, elements that are often lost in the digital age. In essence, buying Chul Han's philosophy is a call for balance. While acknowledging the benefits of digital technology, he also emphasizes the need for spaces of negativity, for moments of quiet and solitude, for the preservation of the human spirit amidst the digital noise. In conclusion, as a homo electronicus in my youth, I was part of a generation that was just beginning to explore the potential of electronic media. We were drawn to the arcades, where we could lose ourselves in games like Space Invaders and Donkey Kong. Yet, even then, I sensed the potential for these games to become more than just a source of entertainment. I saw the potential for dependency, for escapism, and I made a conscious effort to resist these temptations. Fast forward to today, and we find ourselves in the era of the homo digitalis. This term, coined by philosopher Bayang Chul Han, refers to individuals who are not just consumers of digital media, but active participants in it. Unlike the homo electronicus, who primarily consumed media, the homo digitalis creates, shares, and interacts with digital content on platforms like social media, blogs, and online forums. However, this shift from consumption to participation comes with its own challenges. The homo digitalis is constantly connected, 
constantly engaged, leading to a sense of digital fatigue. The boundaries between work and leisure, public and private, online and offline, become blurred. This constant connectivity can lead to a sense of isolation, as our physical interactions are replaced by digital ones. So, to all the young listeners out there, remember this. Whether you identify more as a homo electronicus or, or homo digitalis, it's important to maintain a balance. We all know that. Enjoy the benefits of digital media, but don't lose sight of the world beyond the screen. Remember to take time for yourself, to disconnect, to enjoy the simple pleasures of life. And most importantly, never stop questioning, never stop exploring, because that's how we grow, evolve and navigate this ever-changing dig digital landscape. Finally, whether you're a homo electronicus, a homo digitalis, or just a homo sapiens trying to figure out how to set up your new smartphone, remember this, technology is just a tool, not a taskmaster. It's here to serve us, not the other way around. And if you ever find yourself feeling overwhelmed by the digital world, just take a deep breath. Step back and remember the wise words of the great philosopher Kermit the Frog. It's not easy being screen. So go out there, conquer your digital dragons and remember to laugh along the way because at the end of the day, the best antidote to digital overload is a good old-fashioned belly laugh. And who knows, maybe one day we'll evolve into homo hilarious a species that use humor to navigate the complexities of life. Now, wouldn't that be something to lull about? L-O-L about. Thanks for joining me on this digital journey and remember, keep your Wi-Fi strong and your laughter stronger. And I hope I hear you all next week again, next Sunday, 10 a.m., Uh, digital journey I wanted to say now it's early confession um, and have a great day I go away now from my screen having a pint or maybe a bath with a candlelight and think of you my dear listeners take care and goodbye your deadlift You have listened to Artitude, West Cork's first art, fashion and design podcast. Artitude, never so close again. Ah! That was too close.